Hey folks, uh, welcome to Gulf Coast Poker's first podcast of 2021. Uh, I'm Gene D with Gulf Coast Poker, and I have Wild Bill here also from Gulf Coast Poker. 
Uh, our first guest of the year is World Series of Poker bracelet winner from Louisiana, Corey Harrison. Corey, how you doing today? Doing pretty good, guys. So, uh, Corey, if I were to introduce you, I would have to say that you really fit the Gulf Coast poker profile incredibly, because correct me if I'm wrong, you probably played a home game in Alabama, Mississippi, oh, yeah. Georgia, Louisiana? Uh, not really Georgia, yeah, but yeah. Okay. Florida? Yes, Florida for sure. All right. All right. And Texas. And you played, you know, you know obviously the, the clubs yeah. in Texas. Yeah. So uh, you also are a cash player. You crush the games at Harris. I played with you quite a bit there. Um, you were a skilled uh, tournament player, as Gene mentioned, a World Series of Poker bracelet winner. And you're always yeah. one of the nicest guys at the table. You always have a smile winning or losing a pot. Is that correct? Oh, very much so, man. Either way. <laughs> Never <yeah>. tilt him. <laughs> That's no, right. You can't, uh, you're, can't let him see you sweat, man. <laughs> a college professor, the product of good, clean living, former college <laughs> basketball player. Is there anything yeah. I didn't cover in that little intro? Nope. I think you got it all covered. All right. So let's start at the top. Tell us about like your childhood a bit. How uh, maybe how early in life you found like poker and cards? Okay, um, so grew up in Slidell, Louisiana. So you know, not too far from New Orleans, uh, suburbs of New Orleans. Uh, early on, was very competitive in sports. Uh, played a lot of you know bitty league football, you know basketball, baseball. Uh, ultimately, decided to kind of go the basketball route once I got to high school. Uh, then played a little uh, basketball in college as well. Um, always did That's pretty well Alcorn in school. State. Acad yeah, uh, Alcorn State. Alcorn State. Then, yep. Yeah. And then um, I actually was I, well, I was pretty good in academically as well. So I had academic scholarships too. So um, after Alcorn decided to pursue a graduate degree uh, in biology, in the field of biology, and so that kind of, you know, led me to graduate school, ended up going to the University of Alabama at Birmingham, um, where I earned my PhD in cellular molecular pathology. So I actually did some heart disease research there. And along the way, I decided to teach. So I kind of got into, started teaching at a couple of the local junior colleges. And then from there, that's when I discovered my passion for teaching, uh, something I really, really love to do. Now, the other hat uh, that I like to wear from time to time, the poker hat, kind of came very early on. had a gambling experience when I was about 21. I went to you know, a casino, played blackjack with some of my fraternity yep. brothers, whatever, and you know, actually won the first time, ended up you know, paying, paying for breakfast for everybody, whatever. Uh, but I was like, wow, this gambling stuff's kind of fun. So, you know, lo and behold, I was playing blackjack. And lo and behold, I was like, ah, I can do this. I can be a blackjack player. Very easy. <laughs> right. So, you know, you get that first taste of victory. And then uh, I take a trip uh, to Las Vegas around 2004. And I had been watching a little bit of poker on TV. And I was like, poker looks cool. But, you know, at the time, I was blackjack, you know, fast and furious, <laughs> you know, ready to make the money. And so I had a good little blackjack streak, as a matter of fact, in Pearl River, Mississippi. <laughs> uh, and, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I, I won about 15000 in about two weeks playing blackjack. And I was like, oh, I got wow. this. Now, mind you, I'm a, I'm a graduate student at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, you know, not making much money. 
I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm taking the show on the road, so I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so lo and behold, I, I make it to Vegas, and I'm just losing every day, you know, like anywhere from $500,000 a day. And I'm a college student, so this is a lot of money. And so yeah. by the end of the trip, and by the end of the trip, um, I pretty much went bust. And I had like a couple hundred dollars, you know, in my pocket. And I had played at a little home game like poker once before. And I was like, well, let me try this uh, poker. So I go from, you know, in blackjack where I'm betting anywhere from $50 to two and 300 a hand to three, six limit poker. So I get me yeah. a rack of white and uh, here I proceed <laughs> to <laughs> try to play poker. Uh, no, you know, prior really experience, you know, not much at all. Just kind of, you know, chasing flushes and trying to hit straight. So, right. <laughs> uh, I did, uh, but I, what I noticed though, with the game of poker, as opposed to blackjack and other casino games or house games, I noticed that if I can beat the other players at the table, then I could actually make money. So yeah. that's when the light bulb kind of hit. And that was my last big, uh, blackjack bust. So from there yeah. on, I, I vowed only to play like small money. If I want to play a little blackjack from time to time, but, um, then I started picking up on poker. So, obviously, like many people, you know, the poker boom with Chris Moneymaker got a lot of people interested. So, I was right around that same time. So, I read, like, a couple poker books, uh, Super System 1 and 2, and just, you know, some basics to learn the basic knowledge. And then uh, from there, I started playing and finally moved up to No Limit and started playing a little 1, 2, 1, 3, No Limit. And uh, from there, then I incorporated just some different nuances of the game that I thought would, you know, help me. So I had the basics, you know, after about it, I wasn't a winning poker player until maybe a year and a half, two years in. Um, I mean, it mm-hmm. takes a while. It's a, it's a learning process. And so about two years in is when I started winning more consistently. And I, and I noticed, you know, I had to change some of my game up. Honestly, when I first started playing, I played very, very tight. I would only play premium hands, like, you know, aces, kings, ace, king, ace, queen. That's just, but I would lose. And I was like, why? Yeah. I mean, the book says play tight, you're going to win. <laughs> right. And I was like, this is not working. So what mm-hmm. I noticed, though, people would know what I have because every time I entered a pot, I'd have a premium hand, you know. And so I was yeah. getting run down a lot. And so I learned that, you know, you have to mix it up, you know. So I started playing a few more hands here and there, just kind of learning what worked for me. And, you know, uh, and, and to me, a lot of poker is about you, about um, being in situations and understanding what to do in those situations. Um, you know, a lot of it uh, has to do with the people that you're playing against, understand what they're capable of, what they won't do, whether or not they're, you know, tight with money, whether or not they're loose with money. Uh, and a lot of that just comes with experience. And obviously, you know, there's math behind the poker as well. So, I mean, if you understand the numbers and the math, that can dictate a lot of, your, a lot of, your, uh, lot of the situations as well, what you should do in that situation. So I just uh, picked up the game and just kind of ran with it from there. Probably played way too much poker while I was in graduate school. Probably took me a little bit too long to graduate, but, you know, (laughs) I made it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, like, uh, me and and Gene are both kind of uh, family guys. And, and, you know, Gene balances a nine-to-five with playing poker. And and this kind of was like a hobby in the business. And we have a lot of respect for you. you got a a, kind of a – growing family now um and you do as you mentioned you're in kind of two worlds a bit you're a dad a professor um poker player do you ever have like that fight club moment where (laughs) have you ever been like in the casino where you see somebody from a different setting and then they come and sit down at a chair is is, (laughs) you ever have that crossover between the two worlds or 
Um, not really. I mean, I'm so I'm I'm pretty laid back at the table. So I'm usually the one that's more happy, jolly, no matter the situation. Because obviously in poker, you're going to run into all different walks of life. And I, I usually have a pretty positive attitude, even when you know things aren't going that well. Um, well, it, that it does help me. Hold up, I, 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 I preface my question, I guess, poorly. I meant like the okay. Fight Club moment where like you you see somebody from a diff, from your other walk of life. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, like so, like a yeah, student like or another student professor or, or somebody yeah. else sit down. Um, so I've run into, and this is more so in a home game in like Tuscaloosa, and I've I've seen like a couple of my students, and um, so it's it's pretty well accepted these days, you know, as far as the poker scene. It it doesn't really have that stigma that it used to have, you know, that gambling stigma, back rooms, back alleys, underground games, you know, smoking parlors, you know. So it's kind of grown to the point now where it's it's definitely more accepted. And now even more so because I'll have my students, and obviously with the way technology is these days, they can go online and they can look up all kind of stuff about you. Yeah. And so they'll come up to me and like, uh, so Dr. Harrison, when are you going to teach us poker? And I'm like, no, right. I'm here to teach biology. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting, um, you know, to run across them in that realm uh, for sure. Um, now, as far as colleagues, I think I've only played once with one of my colleagues um, and they do have a private poker game. <laughs> well, it's a smaller poker game that some of the professors play in, but they don't invite me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's more for social. I'll probably go there and I'll probably give away the most amount of money because it, it's probably pretty small and it really wouldn't, you know, it's not that serious to me. So I would, yeah. prob- they would probably love me in their poker game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, have you played with a student? Was that a weird dynamic, or have you just seen? Um, not I mean, only once in Tuscaloosa, and it wasn't because they understand. And you know, at, at the poker table, it's you know, every man for himself. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that's just how it is. You know, uh, at the poker table, you have to take no prisoners. So that's right. just the mentality I have, even with my friends, even with my friends. And you know, I have friends where you know we're like really tight, and you know, I may beat them out of money. I like, look, I, I might let you borrow money. But uh, when we're playing, it's like I'm not soft playing. That's right. hey. <laughs> if I bust you, it's like, okay, I'll let you loan you 500 but, you know. Yeah. Bill and I don't soft play each other that way. It's all about the money. Yeah, that's just how it is, man. It's just, yeah, that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the toughest part, fortunately, um, I tend to drive myself to places uh, by myself. I kind of prefer that at this point, but – if you ever yeah. beat your friend out of money and you got to share a long car ride with him, that can be uh, uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I don't know if I should say this, but I had a good friend of mine, and we were staying in uh, in Tunica, Mississippi, and we both cashed in the tournament. He did further. He went he went further than me. He won like maybe like $7,500, and I won like 3500 or something. So after the tournament, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to sleep. So – he is he likes to play blackjack. <laughs> so you already know how this story is going. So he proceeds, I'm in the room sleep, and all I hear is him come in, you know, go to the safe safe, close up the safe and you know, go back down, come in, go to the safe, <laughs> close the safe and go back down. I say, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, Man, I'm down right now. I'm just trying to get the uh get like my three thousand back. So he comes back to the safe like two more times. And then the last time he goes to the safe, he punches the code. Closes the safe and comes. And he gets in the other bed. 
<laughs> I say, man, what did you do? He's like, man, I lost all the money. I was like, what are you doing? You won 7500 Just go to sleep. He's like, yeah, I wanted to play some blackjack. And, and what he did, he's like, man, I told my wife I already won, and she's expecting me to give her like $1,000. <laughs> I was like, right. well, what do you want me to do? He was like, what did you win? I was like, yeah, what? I was like, yeah. And, you know, and my wife at the time, and I was like, yeah, I told her I won too. And, but I ended up, I actually ended up giving him a thousand bucks. So, but I knew he was going to give it back to me eventually. But um, I, so I gave him a thousand bucks and that's just, you know, that's one of the uh, downfalls of, you know, being in the casino and playing poker and all those other fun games that are out there. <laughs> right. that some people uh, do indulge in. So I've kind of learned so my that, lesson with those. Well, I was going to ask you, uh, it, I think you actually probably touched on it uh, at the very beginning with that blackjack experience, but it was that, that kind of kick in the stomach moment where you're like walking oh, yeah. out of the casino to the parking lot. That was the worst for you. I felt sick all the way home. I flight home. I mean, literally, you know, losing that amount of money being a college student and just, yeah, I was like, yeah, there's no way this is not good. <laughs> so I, I just learned that was my that was my lesson. So you know, I had some some people have way more expensive lessons. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> right? Did you ever have that feeling after poker? Is it uh, like a pot or a session um, that yeah, stands so out above others? I used to, um, and I used to let it eat eat away at me. And then I kind of learned it's like it's just the nature of the game, especially when you, you know, start off in this game, you're like, well, you're playing solid and you have the best hand, but you're losing. I mean, it's because, you know, people get lucky. There is a luck factor, you know, but you have to be able to take the good with the bad. I mean, obviously you want them to put their money in there when they're a big underdog. That's what you want. That's why you play the game. I mean, the percentages are in your favor, but you know, when they do get lucky, you know, that can change your whole mindset, (laughs) but you, you know, you can't let it get to you. You just have to kind of keep chugging along and just, you know, over a period of time, it's like, okay, these numbers will come to fruition. If I keep putting my money in there and I'm 70 and 80% favorite, I should be winning. So, I mean, and it does come around. So, uh, yeah, and I never, it's very rarely that I would get angry at a poker table. It's very rare. I mean, I can only think of maybe like once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I think if uh, if we polled people that have played with you a lot, you'd probably be the um, most laid back. Like, I've certainly heard that um, description of you. And you know what? I've never heard anybody say a bad word about you either and that's uh pretty uncommon oh, okay. in poker well, you know so, <laughs> well uh, that's good i try uh you know try to have that good clean living you know right good clean living <laughs> so yeah you've all you you want a wsop bracelet um I, i'm guessing that's a highlight of like your poker experience can you yeah, touch on that a little sure. um so in 2013 i was uh that's just one of those years, honestly, where it felt like the numbers were coming to fruition. Whenever I put my money in there and I'm 70, 80% favorite, I held. Uh, I won yeah. flips. I mean, you know, it was just one of those years. And it, it was kind of funny because I would, you know, play mostly local stuff. Um, I was, uh, I had, you know, finished my PhD and I had just started a new job. And um, I did well in a couple of local tournaments, like in Tunica and uh, New Orleans, Biloxi, I, I was cashing in almost every tournament. And I had won maybe like 40,000, 40, you know, over that time frame, over a period of like five months or so. And so one of the dealers uh, talked to me, and he was like, man, you're playing well, you've been running well, you ever thought about coming out to Vegas for the summer? Mind you, I had never, I mean, I had seen the World Series on TV, but I had never really thought of, you know, really, honestly, going out there for a summer or even going out, going out there to play. So I was like, well, I had saved up enough money 
and and by this time I was a little bit smarter with money. <laughs> yeah. So I had saved up enough money and I um I talked to my uh the the department chair at the time and I asked, you know, if I was gonna be teaching this summer and she told me, Yeah, I would just be teaching one uh online class. So I was like, Okay, that's cool. So I decided just to, you know, put enough money back for the summer just in case things did, did go very bad <laughs> and, you know, take care of everything at home and you know, I was good at least up until like September, you know, go back to work. And so my, it was amazing because it was my first time out there. And I, the first tournament I played was a $1,500 tournament. And I finished 29th in it. And I was like, wow. And, you know, and it, was, it had like 2,000 people in it. I think I cashed for like 12,000, 12,500 or so. But I kind of made a mistake uh, at the end. And I kind of, it was more of a cash game move. You know, I kind of went, went kind of hard with a straight flush draw. And, you know, I... Yeah. I, when I could have just, you know, check call, check call full, and, you know, where I could have preserved chips as opposed to, you know, kind of going for it, you know, and yeah. which, I mean, you know, there's debate about either play, but I, um, but I, I was like, well, you know, if I get this far next time, you know, I've, I've kind of learned, you know, just kind of chill out, you know, preserve chips as much as you can. And so then that led me to the second tournament I played. And the second tournament I played at the WSOP is the one that I won. So wow. I went from finishing 29th to first. Um, that was obviously an amazing ride. Uh, I hit the ground running uh, first, um, like, couple blind levels. I flopped sets. They held. I mean, it was amazing. So, like, after the first two hours, we, at this time, we only started with 4,500 in chips at the, uh, in the 1,500. By the first break, I think I had 22,000. <laughs> at the yeah. first break, so like five x the chip stack, <laughs> kind of yep. starting the day off. You know, it's pretty solid. Then at the next break, I had seven thousand. <laughs> oh, so I went from I went from twenty two to seven, and I was like, what? Every time I thought the set, I get flushed. They would hit it straight. I'd have to pair. You know, it was just the exact opposite. And I was like, oh man, this sucks. But you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a marathon. So I was like, all right, let's so let's settle in and. So I kind of settled in, and I got a good table draw because my next table I got moved to, um, they didn't know how I played or anything. And um, so I had, like, like, 20 big blinds, which is, you know, it's still, you know, manageable. But um, my first hand I got, there was, like, a raise or whatever, and I just shipped, I just shipped 20 big blinds with Ace-King. This first hand, I was like, I just ship it. And so I just moved <laughs> in, they folded. So the next hand, so I pick up, you know, a few big blinds. The next hand, I have two kings. Immediate, next hand. And yeah. the, the same person raised, and I just ripped it. I just ripped, like, 23, 24 big blinds. <laughs> and I was like, they're going to think I'm a maniac, a, a straight maniac. And she's like, I call. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I have kings, and I had the old ace jack, and we held up. And I was like, all right. So now we're back in. And so I just kind of proceed and, you know, uh, do well throughout the rest of the night, have an average chip stack for day two. And, you know, like me, I like to have fun. So – once we, and that, at that time, we actually made the money that night, okay? So we're already in the money, so I'm like, all right, guys, Patron shots. So we have 45 minutes left to play. I think I have, like, I think seven of us at the table actually took Patron shots for the last 45 minutes. And so, you know, rest up and get ready for the next day. <laughs> wow. So then uh, day two is, was pretty uh, standard. It was just more of a grind all day long uh, for day two. And... I run a critical pot at the uh, middle of day two where I, it was a three-way all-in. I had queens against ace-king and ace-queen, and it ended up holding. 
And so that kind of propelled me into day three. When I went to day three uh, at the final table, I think I was uh, second in chips. So that really helped me out. Because once I got to the final table, I went completely card dead. I think I played two hands, and I don't know, two two to three hands in like two two hours or so. So it was pretty, pretty rough. And I kind of blinded down until I was – we had eight people left, and I was eighth in chips. And so from there, I just won, you know, a couple of flips. Um, then we got down to like five people. Uh, one guy just kind of spazzed out and gave away all of his chips. <laughs> it happened mm-hmm. in tournaments. He just piled a bunch of chips in there with bottom pair against the chip leader. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. you know, and so got down to like, you know, three and then four, I mean, uh, four and then three players. And I was uh, lucky enough to make it to heads up. And, uh, the guy, um, that I played against, he only spoke Spanish too, because a lot of people ask you, you know, do you try to make deals? And, you know, if you can, um, the only thing about the world series, I mean, you can make a deal, but you're going to have to trust somebody with a lot of money. So the world series is not going to guarantee that money at all. So that was kind of out of the window. So I was like, well, you know, I just felt like it was a big free roll to me. Once I was guaranteed like 30,000, once I made the final table, I was like, I've never made that much money. So, you know, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm ecstatic. So I'm just going to play and see what happens. It was pretty early for you, but they, they, they had these big pay jumps that, that so you just treating it like a free roll, not really thinking about it. Was that, I guess yeah, that was a for the most helpful. part. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand laddering and stuff too, but I mean, at that point, you know, I had so, I mean, I had a second in chips. I was just going to kind of chill out, you know, that was my goal. Yeah. I mean, you know, get in, you know, if I have good hands, you know, just kind of sit back. I wasn't really applying much pressure, you know, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I had a, a I only had a few spots um, very early on when we were like eight, nine handed. But once we got down to like five handed, four handed, I, I actually uh, I actually started making more hands, you know, and I, you know, kind of mixed it up um, a little bit here and there, got some bluffs through. So, you know, everything was kind of working. And, you know, once you're playing for that amount of money, you know, you know, each mistake is very, very critical. But you know, I just really, I really didn't think about the money. It was just like, as long as I'm playing correctly, you know, and, you yeah. know, in, in the correct situations, then I'm fine with it. You know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's sometimes like a pretty good um, thought process to have. I, I feel like I've had some pretty good results where I've just never looked at the payouts and ended up going pretty deep and just kind of yeah. played as well as I can. But on the other hand, I've also had some pretty good results where I've been like aware of all the pay jumps and mm-hmm. kind of let that dictate my play. So I don't know. Kind of divided on what's the better strategy. Um, yeah, overall. you're right. That- well, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm definitely, one of the things is now I'm definitely way more knowledgeable and have way more tournament yeah. experience than opposed to 2013 when it was, you know, seven, eight years ago. So, um, you know, the ignorance is bliss statement (laughs) can be applied in a lot of situations, you know, just not knowing a lot about ICM and just, you know, just not knowing a lot about it. You know, you can just kind of go about your business. Like, okay, cool. Guaranteed this amount of money. Let's see what happens next. Yeah. (laughs) I'm looking at it. Actually, the the pay jumps were, were pretty significant. Do you still keep in touch with, uh, uh, touch with any of these guys that you read? You remember? Um, Not really the, the one guy that I was probably that I spoke to the most was uh Mosin Serrano. Mosin Serrano, yeah, he's he's a yeah, big player. He was, yeah, he is. He was tough. He was the toughest one at the table, but he got very very unlucky. 
Um, and every time I see uh, Sal, Salvatore, yeah. uh, every time I see Sal, we always talk. You know, he's pretty cool because he would, he would play a lot of the circuit stuff, and I would see him around from time to time. But those are probably only two that I really spoke to even afterwards. Yeah, it must feel like that kind of kinship. I know Chris Canan still keeps in touch with a few people that he played uh, his final table with. And, uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, I can kind of see that um, that kind of sharing that experience. So, did you think you were just gonna just win bracelet after bracelet after that? Is that uh, after easy then, game? I was like, well, yeah, this is like an easy <laughs> game. <laughs> nah, I still understood how difficult it was, but what a lot of people do though, and I did the same thing. I played way too many tournaments after that, just because. I mean, you have a lot of money. If you want to play, just go play. Just buy in. Just play. You know, it's just. Uh, but I kind of, I, I think I burnt myself out, um, so to speak. And so, you know, I played a lot of tournaments that following year, and then that following year, then after that, I was like, I have to shut it down for a minute. So I kind of pulled back from a lot of tournaments, uh, started focusing a little bit more on cash, and you know, um, just just realizing that. You know, tournaments have a lot of variants. I mean, when you're, you know, running good in them, I would definitely suggest that you play them. But obviously, <laughs> if you're running bad, then, you know, you might want to take a little break. And even just to reassess, you know, look back, okay, how did I get knocked out? Am I playing correctly? You know, those kind of things. So uh, that's uh, – that's. Um, I don't know what I would do in your shoes. Like, if I won that – big a, a prize that early like it to me i think that's like almost a detriment to a lot of players this early on it is <laughs> i really know quite a success. few players <laughs> i know quite a few players who've you know done very well won that big score and then you know just don't pan out you know in the long haul and you'll see it i mean yeah. because if you've been in this industry for long periods of time you know people who've come and who've gone i mean that's just yeah. how it is it does take a lot of you know perseverance just to maintain in poker just to you know, obviously keep winning. You're going to always have to practice. I mean, you're going to always have to study, you know, just different nuances of the game uh, because the game does change too. So, um, you know, you, you see some of these same players that you play with or that I play with all the time. Their game hasn't changed since 88, you know. It's just, <laughs> it is what it is. And you expect different results, but your game hasn't changed. So, um, you know, I would just, you know, always, always assess, you know, self-assess, you know, and that's just in life in general, though. So uh, did you go out – Yeah. well, I know the answer to this. You went out to the World Series this year. It was online. What, what did you play, and, and how were your uh, results? Um, so I went and played – I think I played two events at Bally's, okay. uh, 1K and 800. Uh, I didn't do any good in those. Um, I satellited, though, so I had, had a real good satellite experience, <laughs> if you want to call it that. So I was uh, playing some satellites for the 10K main. Um, there were 1K live satellites. The first one I uh, played in, we had 27 players, and it was two 10K seats and 7K for third. So I finished third and picked up 7,000. So right off the bat, I'm pretty much free rolling for the rest of the trip as far as tournaments are concerned. So that was, mm -hmm. you know, a great pickup. So then the next day I was like, well, let me just play one more 10K. Maybe I'll just win my seat. I won't have to put up another 3,000 with it. So the next one had 39 players in it, and I finished in the top three. So I won my 10K seat and basically still had some free roll money. So meanwhile, I see a couple of my friends there um, while I was playing. Uh, ben Thomas, he's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And we played the satellite together, and he told me uh, my other friend, Joe Hebert, 
uh, was out there. Me and Joe were pretty cool. We actually rode to Pearl River before, um, you know, to play some tournaments out there. And so I text Joe, and he was like, well, I'm playing a satellite online. And I was like, cool, well, let me know how it goes. So he texts me back. He's like, yeah, I want a seat for 300 I was like, cool. So, you know, I got my seat for 1000 And he asked me, he's like, well, you want to swap 2%? And I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so Joe, we a uh, little bit of history. Even um, in January, Joe's been running good uh, as far as poker, you know, um, is concerned. And back in January, we both played the Beau Rivage High Roller, and we chopped it four ways. Uh, Joe was first in chips. And so he got like 70, 70 something thousand. I was second in chips. So I got like 40, 44,000, but I had, I had 5% of Joe. So obviously he had to give me a little <laughs> bit more money. You know, he, he made more money than I did. So I was like, cool. So me and Joe do well if we swap percentages or, um, or, you know, if I purchase percentages of him. And yeah. so lo and behold, you know, my trip went okay. I want some money playing cash. I do love to play cash. So I played some Omaha at the Aria. Um, that went pretty good. But Joe, he texted me the first night. He's like, yeah, I made it to day two. So, you know, I'm guaranteed like 14000 I was like, cool, man. So, you know, I'll get a little rebate. So I was like, all right, that works. So then, you know, day two, he has kind of a middling stack, and he kind of just runs it up at the end of the night. He just like, catches fire. And he texts me, yeah. and I was like, yeah, I'm watching, man. I'm watching. I was like, yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> and he texts me. <laughs> I was like, I'm watching. And, uh, I text him. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> and so I uh I texted him and uh, you know, late that night. He's like, Yeah, man, I have the chip lead. I was like, Wow, yeah, I see. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> and so and so at this point he's guaranteed, I don't know, it was like a hundred thousand, I think, something like that. And so from there I was like, Well, you know, my Vegas trip was okay. I, I ended up winning some money. And then I have a sweat for basically like thirty like thirty one thousand if he wins. So yeah. lo and behold, you know, the final table's the next week, and lo and behold, Joe goes on the heater and he wins the uh, mm-hmm. World Series of Poker main event. So, <laughs> and I was like, ah, that's that a boy. <laughs> so I don't think I've ever cheered somebody that hard, but you know, <laughs> Joe the pro. Yeah. yeah. So you know, Joe, we we play a lot of you know local stuff here and you know travel and stuff together. So I was. I was actually very proud of him, and I was uh, happy that he was able to win because he did have kind of a tough year um, family-wise. His mother actually passed away, and so I was really, really rooting for him, you know, and um, I was happy, happy to see that he made it through. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're also proud of Joe. That we're all, all – most – I mean, no, Gene and I were sweating him. Yeah. I think I started when he was like 24th out of 26th or something like that, and then he mm-hmm. – <laughs> is the chip leader going into the final table, <laughs> yep. which was pretty crazy Not to like watch. like the late night heater. All right. Some great hands too, you know, yeah. Yeah, just he, he wasn't, uh, he, he definitely wasn't trying to ladder. He had his, he had his gap, foot on the gas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe goes for it. Joe gonna go for it. <laughs> I mean, that's another good thing too about Joe. Like you mentioned, you've played with him, but you probably played with Joe in a big casino tournament like the Borage, bar tournament, yeah. Harris, mm-hmm. you know, come with yep, some of our events. Um, uh, yeah, he's he's so humble about it. Like, uh, uh, very, very happy for him. Like, he just seemed like when he was winning and doing all those interviews, he was just looking for reasons to thank all the people in his life. And, you know, it wasn't about him, which is uh, uh, a credit to him. Yeah, it's you know? great, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was uh, super excited for him. 
So are you going to come with Joe to Pearl River? We got, uh, well, it's this little announcement. I think the, we'll probably announce it before this podcast comes out. But just today we yeah. found out the date for it be March 18th through the, uh, I guess, the 25th. Uh, those two yeah, weekends, um, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I'll come to the main event for sure. Um, the yeah. first weekend, it kind of just depends. Uh, I don't really have a spring break this year, so it's gonna. Uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll be there for the main. But the first weekend, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I become a weekend warrior once we put the professor hat on for the most part. Let's have a couple <laughs> of days off, you know, here or there. So um, that's kind of like I did want to ask you about Pearl River specifically. Um, obviously, they're our partner, so. Um, yeah, we, we take a lot of pride in the growth that they've had, especially in terms of like poker tournaments and stuff like that. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you, your experience seeing Pearl River grow? When you interesting. <laughs> so Pearl River is one of the, the first places that I actually played, uh, three, six, no limit. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, at the time they actually had quite a few tables going, they would get, you know, a pretty decent crowd. And then over the years, um, I would, um, actually, you know, go there and just kind of practice. And they were even having big games. They were even having like five, ten no limit games at one time. So, you know, mm. you know, pretty, pretty big, especially for, you know, a small casino like that. Um, and they've always, well, I know back in the day when I used to play blackjack, uh, <laughs> when I was first interested, <laughs> I mean, first, um, when I first found Pearl River, I used to get everything. So I did play blackjack way too much. So I would get like a conference room suite and all kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, but then once, you know, obviously poker players and casinos, uh, you know how it goes, they, how they, uh, you know, you don't get as many perks, but Pearl River actually still takes pretty good care of poker players. Um, when you think about the room rates and, you know, just getting, you know, comps here or there, it actually works out pretty well, especially better than other casinos for sure. Um, yeah, it's a great deal. And now as far Usually. as, the, yeah. Oh Yeah. Now, as far as the poker scene, um, even at Pearl River now, it's grown a great deal. So they'll have, you know, anything from, you know, your typical one, three, no limits, maybe some two, five, no limits. And sometimes we even get a big pot limit Omaha game uh, there as well, which uh, I seem to love to play these days. Um, so Are you River, a pot I mean, limit a Omaha spot. player now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've always I mean, like – in terms of, would you describe yourself as a pot limit Omaha player as opposed no, to a no limit Omaha I mean, player? No, okay. I, I mean, I have more experience playing Hold'em. Um, yeah. But I have, I mean, I've been playing Omaha for about eight years. So, yeah. I mean, I've learned, and I kind of I got the Omaha bug before a lot of people did, even when it wasn't as popular. I learned playing Omaha basically a 2-5-10 game with a bunch of older gentlemen that were very, very good. Um, actually, two of them actually had World Series of Poker bracelets in Omaha. Mm. So I had a pretty tough crowd to learn from, but it was interesting because uh, I really couldn't afford to play in that game, but I was playing in it. You know, it's just one of those things. Bankroll management wasn't my strong suit at the time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I had some rough, uh, rough few months, but after like month four, um, the guy who was running the game actually started staking in the game. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I turned it around, you know, kind of quick. I, I couldn't afford to lose more than like six yeah. months in that game anyway. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, and but I always loved Omaha. I mean, it's just more of an action game. It just seems more social. Um, I mean, I, I love the game, but it's just uh, obviously you have to be able to take the swings. 
So you're going to have yeah. swings. Uh, I don't care who you are in Omaha, you're going to have them. <laughs> Just have to be able to, you know, handle them. So where do you play now? You, uh, we've spoken before and you told me there's some home games that yeah. you play in Alabama so, and it seems like you're always on the road to Texas <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, so I play in some private, uh, mostly Omaha games, either in um, in Louisiana and New Orleans. Uh, also playing yeah. one in Jackson, Mississippi, and even Birmingham, Alabama from time to time. And I also travel to Houston, Texas, where they have the, I guess, semi-private car rooms, which are actually yeah. very good. Uh, they've been, um, you know, they've been growing. So, like, I, I see uh, I actually was there last week, uh, play with uh, Johnny Chan and Sammy Farha, as a matter of fact. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, the, the rooms are really great there. There's a lot of action, and I think it's more so because there's a lot of money interested. So yeah. a lot of people that are, you know, pretty well off can afford to play and even can afford to lose when you think about it. I mean, if you're going to have – everybody's not winning. So uh, I, I try to travel there when I can and, you know, uh, just, to, just to play a little Omaha because we don't have a lot of Omaha games in New Orleans. So really I kind of have to travel in order to play a lot of those. So, I mean, you've been doing this playing live – poker and of course with the pandemic going on and everything what are what are the different things you see in terms of precautions or are, are some like yeah. just anything so, goes and others a lot more yeah. careful so houston i'll be honest houston when the, at the first start of the pandemic even in june and stuff they were pretty wide open i mean you know they would say you have to wear a mask to come in but even at the table people would take their mask off leave them off you know it just wasn't it wasn't regulated like it should have been um now they're much much more um, with the mask wearing. Um, now, I went to Vegas. When I played in Vegas, the live tournament, they have the plexiglass set up. You know, basically, you have a slot. You know, you kind of stay in your slot, and obviously, everybody has to wear masks. Um, you do feel much, much more comfortable in Vegas, even with that, you know, with the plexiglass up and people having masks on. Um, I believe, uh, so I have traveled a lot. So, you know, I've taken planes and stuff, and I'm just, you know, I just try to protect myself as much as I can. You know, I wear my mask. You know, I always wash my hands, you know, hand sanitizer, just uh, trying to stay safe. Um, and I, I've been blessed and lucky, you know. I haven't had any encounters, you know, where I've had COVID. I've had, like, four tests. Matter of fact, I went and took a COVID test today because I got to go have to go back to work. So we had to go take one. So, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, it's a, it's a tough situation, especially for the poker. I mean, it's just for the economy in general. Um, and, but as soon as we can, you know, hopefully people will take the vaccine. And, you know, once people start getting vaccinated, see that it's actually working, hopefully that will influence even those who don't want to take the vaccine to take it. And then, you know, we can kind of get back to a normal life. So hopefully that's what goes on. (laughs) What do you think the the timeline is is on that? I'm hoping by this summer. I would say hopefully by this summer. It just depends. And they're having a lot of problems with the logistics of actually vaccinating people. So getting the shots in arms. I thought they would really have, you know, um, thought that particular process out. And it shouldn't be that cumbersome. I mean, if you have all these vaccines ready, why don't you have, you know, I mean, I don't know where the hiccup is as far as them, you know, getting the vaccines in the arms. Right. But, yeah. you know, so I don't, I'm not sure, but I mean, hopefully we can get a, a much smoother process as we learn more, you know. Um, so. It's just a matter of them, you know, it's just a matter of people getting vaccinated and whether or not they want to take the vaccine. I'm hoping live WSOP fall 2021. Uh, you think it's going to be in the fall? 
know. I mean, a lot of it's just going to be my, my on hope. vaccine distribution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I heard yeah. a stat. Uh, not to get too deep in that, but um, I think that you know this is secondhand, but I feel like somebody said in New York City they vaccinated six million people for smallpox in like 1946 in a month, <laughs> and now they you know struggling to vaccinate a million for COVID, you know, and it's just yeah, crazy when you, you know, obviously they got to refrigerate it and there's other kind of processes and, you know, there's yeah. a wait list and I get it, but I'm kind of with you. It seems like you've had a year to figure this out. All these communities yeah. should be rolling it out much faster. For sure. Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't understand, but you know, it's not, uh, not much that we can do about it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hopefully uh, they can get it together, man, and just figure out a faster way, more efficient way to, you know, distribute the vaccines. Yeah. yeah. Gene, uh, I'm about tapped out of yeah. uh, all the things I kind of wanted to talk with Corey about. You you have anything yeah. that I, I Now, I think we're right at um, about the time. Corey, want to thank you for taking the time to share the stories with us. Uh, really interesting stuff. Um, oh, no problem. Uh, you know, uh, everybody knows you're one of the most talented uh, poker players in the area. So uh, anytime we can have you on, oh, we'll you. Yeah, okay. we do no appreciate problem, it. Thank guys. you very much. All right. See you guys. <laughs> What's that? I'm heading to South Florida tomorrow. Oh, South. what part? Right. Uh, so for, Hard Rock? Uh, yeah, Hard Rock. They have the, it's a 300K guarantee. Tomorrow, so I'm gonna uh, head and fire some shells at that and play some Omaha. Mm-hmm. Ah. Good luck out there and be safe. Uh-huh. All right, thanks, guys. See you. All right, uh, there's a couple guys in the club, Corey, that will be there too. Uh, just uh, okay, cool. I'm sure I'll see a lot of people so, there, man. It's the, one yeah. of the first live tournaments down here. I'm sure it's gonna be packed. So yeah, you know, kind of looking forward so. to it. Just try to stay safe and you know maybe make some money. Yeah, well, let us know. All right, we'll do. All right. Bye, guys. All right.